Now, to say that I am ecstatic to present this week's special guest would be quite an understatement, because let me tell you something. I just discovered her music a few months ago at the Sandy Lee Watkins Songwriters Festival here in Henderson. Not only did I find out that she was great, but I also found out that she is a native Kentuckian, and I was beyond fortunate to speak with her very recently, and it was so much fun. Her name is Rachel Owen. She has been singing and songwriting in the Music City for over 20 years. We're going to find out how she got there. We're going to learn about her background since she got there, and we will be blessed with two of her original masterpieces. So prepare to put a couple songs in your heart and get them stuck in your head. This week on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Season 6, Episode 19. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Greensburg to Whitesburg, Frenchburg to Flemingsburg, we absolutely cover all of the burgs and the villes and the boroughs and everybody else all across the Commonwealth right here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass as we explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. How the heck are you? I'm Sam Moore. Coming at you here from the spotlessly spectacular North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. So thrilled that you're here with me regardless of what it is you're doing on fall break. Because I know seemingly all of Kentucky is on fall break this week. Some of you were last week. I know uh, every school system is a little different, but I'm pretty sure everybody in the state gets one now. So if you're staycationing or, you know, heading out, regardless of where it is you are, what it is you're doing, I'm just so glad that you have chosen to incorporate Blabbit in the Bluegrass into your plans because we have a splendidly talented songwriter, singer lined up for you today. Her name is Rachel Owen, and I always enjoy interviewing songwriters because that's just, uh, you know, it's such an interesting life to live, and, and everybody prefers to, to handle it differently. You know, some people like to write in groups, some people prefer to write individually, some people discover this talent later on in life, and uh, some people come by it very early on, even in their uh, school days, so we will... We will see how Rachel Owen's background compares to that of other songwriters that you may possibly be familiar with. She is a Walton, Kentucky native. That's Northern Kentucky up by Cincinnati for those of you that don't know. She actually went to the University of Evansville. That's where she attended school, graduated in the early 90s, and then moved to Nashville shortly thereafter where she's been 
ever since. So uh, what has she done while she's been down there? And uh, what are some of the connections she has made, the fun times she has enjoyed? Well, we're going to find out together in mere, mere moments. She is waiting in the wings, Rachel Owen is, but... Before we steer you over to her, we have yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster, which we strive to do each and every week. So you'll get the question now. You can think on it while Rachel and I talk, and she does her singing at the very end. Gonna tell you, that's definitely worth waiting for, and you definitely you won't be bored by the conversation either. She is truly a joy to, to talk to. But anyhow, we will enlighten you on the answer of the Bluegrass Brain Buster at the end of the show. So today, I want to know, when did Adolph Rupp win his last NCAA title at Kentucky, and who did he beat? Again, when did Adolph Rupp win his last NCAA basketball title at Kentucky, and who was it that he beat? So you think on that? Get the wheel spinning, and we will provide you with the answer in the program's final segment. Make sure you stay tuned. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, we have a very talented musician lined up today. I saw her perform at uh, the Sandy Lee Walken Songwriters Festival here in Henderson uh, a few months ago and just uh, fell in love with her. She has been described as the ultimate saloon singer also, uh, the Mae West of rock and roll. <laughs> I always forget what's in those bios, Sam. Also, a real-life crooner. That was the other description oh. that uh, <laughs> that I saw of you. And you've also been compared to uh, other musicians that our listeners might know, like Diana Washington and uh, Lucinda Williams, Dusty Springfield. That's solid rock and roll gold from uh, 1960s. That, uh, yes. <laughs> My mom is uh, definitely quite fond of. So we're going to hear about her story and how she became uh, infatuated with, with music. And we're going to hear a couple of her well-written masterpieces. So let's hear it for singer-songwriter Miss Rachel Owen. Yay. Slow clap. I'm telling you. <laughs> Everybody in this room is standing, Rachel. <laughs> we're sure glad you're here Rachel of all the things you could be doing on such a, a nice day today in Nashville you I chose of anything better Sam to be talking with you um I listened to some of your other podcasts that you've done and your uh enthusiasm and your energy blew my hair back so blew your hair back oh my goodness my hair back, so I was like I gotta talk to this guy that's painful for me just to think about your hair being blown back. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's but, a good thing. <laughs> but I sure appreciate it. I'm glad to know that you've lived to tell about uh, all the podcasts you've heard. Now, you told me that uh, you were going to have a big pack of lies ready for me today. So you're not going to let me down, I are did. you? I did. I try. I'm going to try. You've got a you've got a full book of them written down at your, at your fingertips. I know you do. Yes. But... Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you are a native of Walton, Kentucky, and uh, how long have you been in Nashville now? Oh, gosh. I've been in Nashville since 1994. 94. I knew it was sometime in the mid-90s. So it's been 28 years. 28 years. Well, you're you're a Nashville... Cheers. You're a Nashville local now, I'd say. 
<laughs> much. I've seen a lot of changes happen around here. Look, actually, kind of a small, little close knit town, and now it's a booming. It's yeah, really crazy <laughs> around here. Well, the good thing about Nashville is that, yeah, you're right. It is a booming city, but you're never far from pretty country, are you? No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I kind of live in some pretty country up on the north side right now. Right. Yeah, we're going to give out your address so people can knock on your door and tell you how much they enjoyed hearing you on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'm kidding. We won't do that to you, but... uh <laughs> any phone books when you actually did know where everybody lived? Oh, I'm t those were the days. I'm only 34, but I am old enough to remember phone books. <laughs> <I t> <laughs> to, to remember phone books. Now, hardly anybody has a landline. It's all cell numbers. Yeah. But <laughs> those, those phone books aren't going to do you any good nowadays. But uh, can't track down anybody anymore. I know, not unless I give you their number. And <laughs> not everybody wants you to have it. But, but anyway, you're a... You're a Nashville local by way of both Walton, Kentucky and Evansville, Indiana. Yes, that's so, true. So <laughs> right University of Evansville, right across from you. Yes. You are you are a proud purple ace. Uh, that is correct. Nineteen ninety-two. Ninety-two. Yeah. Oh, that was a good I was I was um I turned four years old in ninety-two. So <laughs> that was a little overwhelming year for my parents, but they act like they halfway enjoyed it. <laughs> so no wonder you have so much energy, Sam. Oh goodness. Uh, right. Oh I fake it till I make it. But uh anyway, yeah. Like we said, you're from northern Kentucky originally, just a little below Cincinnati. So tell us how. You first got wrapped up into music, Rachel, and talk about the musically inclined family and uh, friends that you surrounded yourself with. Well, both sides of my family are musically inclined. My father um, is, well, he, he is still alive, but he was a music professor oh. in, in uh, some uh, mainly Baptist seminaries. Um, one in in uh, New Orleans, and then he was at a couple others around the South. Um, he's originally from uh, Florida, and um, he met my mother in Kentucky when he went to the seminary in Louisville, and uh -huh. my mom was studying nursing. And my mom's side of the family um, is also musically inclined i have some uncles that i have a 90 year old uncle that is probably out playing his mandolin or his uh his laptop dulcimer or something right now <laughs> so he still uh, plays that's awesome yeah uncle billy and he used to have kind of a two-man show with my uh, cousin carl and they used to do a lot of old uh kind of bluegrass and old 30s and 40s tunes and yeah. uh, cousin Carl would play the guitar and, and uncle Billy would play the mando. And we did that at uh, all the family functions and that kind of stuff. And my sister and I would come and sit in singing sometimes. And my sister is uh, in the radio business. Really? 
Yeah, and she got her start. She went to Northern Kentucky University and got her start at uh, WNKU. There. Oh, the Northern Kentucky Station there. Yeah, the Northern Kentucky Station. I think they've been bought out fairly recently. But oh, have they? Yeah, at the time, though, she and the people there were developing the station as a totally folk folk um, music and bluegrass station. And oh, that was, interesting. I think the first one, the first, uh, it wasn't a college radio station. It was a, a nonprofit station. Gotcha. Commercial station. And uh, she was working there. And she's about six years older than I am. So when I was, when she was kind of right out of college or in college, she was working there at this folk and bluegrass station. And that is probably where I got a lot of my influence from was um, a lot of the, the songwriters I heard on that station, folk music. And, you know, the folk music people are the ones that really write the interesting uh story songs and sure and things like that i fell in love with nancy griffith at that time she's a huge influence on me as a songwriter how and about that yeah that <laughs> that's a big name in, in in plenty of circles now we'll give a free plug uh, wh where's your sister working now which station now my sister is um, the program director at WFPK in Louisville. Oh, that's like uh, that's like an anything we want to play station, basically. <laughs> well, it, it's actually more curated than you would think, but um, they have some different shows I think that come on. That if you go up there, I know you like Louisville, don't you? You go up there on the weekends sometimes. I have been to Louisville plenty. Yes, I've spent a lot of time in Louisville. I have a soft okay. spot in my heart for it, for sure. Yeah, so they play kind of alternative, everything from alternative rock to, to folk and things like that. And so over the years, my sisters introduced me to a lot of great music. Um, and back in the day when I was still in college um, and she was working at the station, we would get together and learn. I didn't play guitar very well at the time. And we started learning um, acapella harmonies and stuff on old mountain songs and bluegrass songs and we'd just turn them into these acapella things together and we would go sing around the Cincinnati folk scene for a while and, all and sounds like fun yeah as the Owen sisters and oh so yeah I saw that I did notice that in your biography that yeah. uh, you have uh, performed with your sister so she's a bit of a singer too Right, she is. She is. She didn't. She didn't follow it as passionately as me. But Stacy has a little voice in her. <laughs> she does too. We'll, we'll, we'll funerals together and <laughs> things like that. We'll get it out of her one of these days. You tell yeah. you tell Stacy she's an upcoming guest on my show. <laughs> right. Well, actually, she probably would be a great guest on your show, Sam. Yeah, I'm telling. We can talk radio and music and all sorts of. She, yeah, you know, right. obviously working for a station like FPK, That's she's got a, and yeah. <laughs> she's got a variety of uh, music tastes and, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. knowledge for, <laughs> for sure. But uh, anyway, yeah, so try as you may have to, uh, to escape from, <laughs> from music as, as a child, it never would have worked out for you because no, it was just no. all around you. 
just wouldn't. It just wouldn't have worked. But uh, <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I always kind of was trying to find a release for my passions. You know, I was kind of a deep thinking little kid. And, yeah. Uh, so about the age of um, 12 or 13, I got my first guitar and I was kind of writing some music. And I always used to like to write poetry in school, you know, and so... I remember the teachers, every time we had to do some kind of special project, they'd just look at me and say, yeah, you can write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And there are songs written. Song. <laughs> there are songs written about pretty much any subject known to man. If you know where to find it. Yes. And when, <laughs> I, was, when I was a little kid, we'd be, I had a teacher that uh, would, you know, to keep us quiet the rest of the time he would have a talent show at least once a week in the fifth grade. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine and I used De my friend Dina, who's still a good friend of mine. You too can have good friends. You used to know in kindergarten, Sam at 52 years old. Oh, I'm telling you, now that is the, <laughs> that sounds like the epitome of a solid friendship. You've <laughs> <laughs> been together from five to 52. It's, it's meant to be. Pretty much, pretty much is probably um, kind of a, you know, we know too much about each other, so we know we have to stay on each other's good side. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got no margin for error. Yeah. You don't with her, and she doesn't with you. <laughs> but, but my friend Dina used to be my backup when I did Elvis songs in the fifth grade. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's hilarious. I, I loved Elvis. I loved Elvis. <laughs> teddy bear and jailhouse rock and stuff we get up there i'm telling you a lot of people are around those times and still like to sing elvis in fact um elvis impersonating contests are still a highlight at most any county fair and even a lot of state fairs that you go to so that that is the truth <laughs> have you been to graceland I have not, Graceland is on my bucket list, but I've not yet been there. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, but if, <laughs> I guess if you're an Elvis fan, it ought to be illegal not to go. But, uh, it's true. back on your singing, uh, did you, did you sing in any bands uh, during your high school days? Or did you sing in the choir or anything like that? It was more me and my guitar. I was in the band. So okay. I played the saxophone in our oh. band okay so saxophone in the high school band yeah i was really into the high school band i was uh at some point elected band queen band queen that's an honorable title <laughs> i think it is i think it is like queen of the band nerds or something but um yeah i love that i love the um i love playing in a band because you all have to kind of play together as one entity you know and yeah y'all you sort of have to get that chemistry going yeah get that chemistry going and uh singing and playing with other people is all is like that for me and i love to harmonize um doing the harmonies i did with my sister i got really good at harmonizing um that also came with i mean we did some church singing i guess i did some singing in a a children's church choir at some point and um but mainly uh i would say i did a lot of my 
early singing in my bedroom, kind of just to to music. I remember. Do you do you know who the Manhattan Transfer is? Sam? Oh yeah, I remember. My parents used to have a CD of them actually. Uh, so Manhattan Transfer, they had you know like five or six part harmonies, and I literally would listen to their album and pick out every part, and the ones that I, I could sing, I would learn that part. And so I got really good at harmonizing and things like that. So when I got to Nashville, it helped me because, you know, I'd sing with other people and I have, you know, sung in some people's bands and yeah, recorded some background vocals on some demos and that kind of thing. See, so that made you more versatile. You could sing either melody or harmony. It did, and I love to do both. Yeah, yeah see, and that's awesome. That's another positive that <laughs> that's your partial to both of them. Now, uh, after after you graduated high school, you uh, furthered your education uh, at the University of Evansville. You were a class of '92, like you said. Now, that's when that's when you started playing music professionally while you were in college. I did somewhat. Um, I used to sing um out mostly so you may or may not know uh a very prolific evansville singer he's popular in your area troy miller troy miller that name does sound familiar yes so troy is the bomb around evansville he is a human jukebox and he is a tremendous performer um and he's He's just amazing, and he's about my age, and when I was in college, I actually had a, a radio program on uh, WUEV. Oh, yeah, Folkways. Yes. That was going to be our next, uh, <laughs> next subject. So our next, yeah, I'm telling you, you're reading me like a book, Rachel. Yeah, I can read you like a book. <laughs> so, so. I did folkways because, um, of course, I love the the folk music, and I had some uh, bluegrass and blues I'd mix in there, and and different singer songwriters that I had, you know, heard about from my sister's radio work, and uh, started exploring that with my own show. And, there you uh, go. I fa- and and apparently, Troy and his friend uh, Mike Lawrence. They used to listen to my show all the time. How about that? And got turned on to some really great music they never heard. Mike is also a great uh, uh, songwriter. Well, he writes some songs and and plays and sings. Um, But one day, there was a... You're making me remember this in real time. (laughs) We had some kind of a talent show or a, it must have been kind of like a, a coffee house night or something at the university. And I had written a few songs by then. And so I went out and I performed at this little night at the college. Talent night. <laughs> yeah. And they said my name, like for the second time as I was getting off the stage and I saw these two guys look really surprised in the audience. And later they they came up to me and they're like, are you the Rachel Owen that has the Folkway show on WUEV? And I said, yeah. And they're like, we're your biggest fans. 
<laughs> what a small world. <laughs> well, it was pretty much a small world, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. It was. And, oh. uh, and that uh, kicked off a, a really tight friendship between the three of us. And, uh, and I started uh, playing some with Troy, who was by that time already making his living uh, playing bars and and venues in Evansville and Henderson, I'm sure, and and uh, going up to Owensboro and such. And uh, he and I would get together and, you know, learn a few tunes, and I'd sit in on some of his gigs and things like that. And um, That's a lot of fun. I had a blast, and, but that really got me, that really honed some of my skills at the time. Um, yeah working with Troy and then you know I was writing in my own time and doing some things and and uh going back home and seeing singing with my sister and uh another great artist in Cincinnati Fred Steffen he used to join the Owen sisters and play guitar with us and, and sing with us oh god just a shout out to Fred yeah, shout out to Fred <laughs> Steffen <laughs> good old Fred you graduated in in 92 and then you uh got to Nashville in 94 like you said and I know you were quite thrilled to get there but having said that I know that uh, being a Nashville newbie always presents its challenges so what would you say Rachel were your rudest awakenings when you first arrived in the music city oh my god <laughs> I'm not trying to stir yeah. up nightmares for you here or anything yeah you're stirring up some nightmares no um yeah I think I quickly learned that there were lots of um games to play and feet to kiss and, <laughs> and as much as, you know, I'm kind of a, a social gal, so I met a lot of people. I met a lot of other struggling songwriters and some that had made it and that kind of thing, but I wasn't great at the time kind of playing the game that I needed to play, um, which was kind of um, writing to the market. I had trouble doing that because I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to write what you wanted to write not what they wanted to hear yeah and I was I was kind of like 94 and like the 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 right about there to the late 90s were right it was right before the Dixie Chicks came out and they started doing some kind of different country that was interesting and I was kind of doing that before they came along and then you know, and then they wouldn't record my songs. I don't know why. That That's their loss, Rachel. That's their loss, Sam. <laughs> it certainly is. They're going to hear this podcast, Sam, and they're going to be sorry. Then you're, you're going to get emails from Natalie and Marty and, and right. Emily, and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, we missed out. <laughs> uh, the funniest part about when they, they came out uh, for me personally, is that I had a haircut that was just like Natalie Maines. Oh, late singer. Yeah. Yeah. I had a haircut just like hers and I would go places and people would think I was Natalie Maines. <laughs> really? So they would yeah. see you and you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty entertaining. Sometimes I pretend like I was. 
But. Oh God, they, they, they'd be like, can I get your autograph? You were like, oh, sure, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah. funny. funny. But no, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I just had, I kind of just had fun and I had a great group of people when I first got here that were super supportive of what I did. And we all, we had a mutual admiration society, you know, and and uh gosh it really made my writing better to know these other people that were doing the same thing i was doing and um gosh you got to go to all these great venues and see amazing artists all the time whether anybody knew who they were or not yeah they, they, they were talented whether or not they were well known right right and i think that's kind of what i really learned in my early days was um, the industry is the industry and good songwriting and talented people are something totally something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, best, the best of the popular music that you hear is when those two can come together. Right. Right. But yeah. Popular music you probably listen to and go, ah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you, you wonder how it skyrockets to number yeah. one on the charts. Right. And a lot of that just comes from, um, you know, the at some point, the publishing companies and the record labels kind of became the same thing and they kind of fed off each other. And so it kind of became kind of this homogenized, incestuous thing where people were just making music that sounded like the other people making music and that kind of thing. And yeah. that's always how it's been, really. But um um, it became kind of more important to me that people respect and like what I did and wrote. And I, I started um, making my own albums at that point. On a similar yeah. note, you know, you talk about all the good talent down there that's not necessarily famous. I, I was always amazed when I was uh, growing up, uh, had a bunch of CDs. Some of them I still have. But anyway, I was amazed at all the great songs out there that weren't released as singles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, from, you know, going to Sandy Lee, I'm actually probably one of one of two or three people that go to Sandy Lee kind of on a regular basis that aren't hit songwriters. But uh, but you can tell when you go to the Sandy Lee Fest, here's these, this hit songwriter who wrote, you know, something you've heard of. But then the other songs he plays in the round are probably better than that song. And you never heard that song before. Yeah. And then what's crazy is, you know, uh, every once in a while, um, six months, a year, two years later, you'll hear him on the air and say, hey, I heard that first at, at Sandy Lee Songfest. <laughs> that's true. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing about the writers. I actually had a great conversation, and I don't think they'd mind me sharing this because he shared some of this on the stage. Um I don't know if you saw my round I did with uh, Moose Brown. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's I went to. Yeah. Moose, Moose Brown and, and Will Nance uh, were in that, both great songwriters. And um, we had a really good vibe during that round. We really enjoyed each other. And uh, Tia Goins, who's a really great singer and has recently started writing music with Moose, was in that round as well. But um, Moose was saying on stage that he 
you know, I think he said kind of briefly that he had stepped away from writing some until he met Tia and had, you know, like this resurgence of interest in, in writing songs. And, um, because, you know, as she's a tremendous vocalist and he was just, you know, thought she could go places and they started writing together. So later I ran into, uh, Moose and Will Nance in the parking lot there in Henderson. And we were talking and they said, you know, Rachel, why don't we know more about you? And, um, you know, what, you know, what have you done in Nashville recently? And they were asking me about my music. And, and basically I just said, you know, I never got to the point where I wanted to go in a mute in a room and write with like 10 different people for an hour. I mean, I've done that before and that can be fun, but when you're a professional writer, you do that a lot. And there's a lot that's expected of you to kind of just go and, you know, crank out an idea and that kind of stuff. And yeah, comes with the bad, you know, and, and so Moose was telling me that's why he was saying that he, started to step away from writing for a couple of years because he couldn't take it anymore. Like he didn't want to go and write, you know, these songs that sounded like other songs with these four other men and women in the room. He'd had enough, huh? <laughs> yeah, he'd had enough of doing that all the time. And oh then, goodness. You know, he had a resurgence of his heart, you know, when Tia came along and, and, uh, so that got until you got him back into songwriting. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so beautiful that she did, and and uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny how life works sometimes, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but anyhow. So you're <laughs> so although you've done some group writing, you're you're more partial to uh, individual writing on your own then. Yeah, I would say that I am. I have a couple of people I really like to write with. Um, all right. In, in the past, I did. Um, I had a really good friend here in Nashville who is in New Jersey now. His name's Chuck Ehrman. And we used to write some stuff together and uh, pitch that. And Ch Chuck was really, um, he he's a guy, he's sort of like you, Sam. He's like perpetually excited about music. You know, oh, like, yeah, I'm partial to those people. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, you know, you got a lot of us artists together and you got a lot of gloomy gusses and people that are angry that they're not making it or whatever. But right. Chuck always had this eternal hope, you know, that that something was going to happen with the music. And if it didn't, it was OK because he was loving it, you know. And I, I just, I love Chuck's energy on that scale. And uh, he and I used to have written a few tunes together. Maybe that, maybe I'll pull out one of those. Yeah, maybe when we get to one of your two songs, maybe you'll pull out one of you and Chuck's, yeah. <laughs> one of you and Chuck's goodies. But yeah. uh, anyway, well, that's good to know. So when you do write with other people, you write with energetic people. <laughs> I try. You know, there you I go. Have to balance out my my malaise, you know. Oh no, no, <laughs> <laughs> nothing vanilla about you. But anyhow, you know, I always like to 
I always like to ask my uh, musician guests this. You've had the privilege, I know, to uh, perform at a number of different venues, various shapes and sizes. So uh, aside from Sandy Lee's song fest, we know that's your favorite. <laughs> That is my favorite. Oh gosh, but no, but but it's okay if uh, you know if there's a tie with another venue. But anyhow, besides Sandy Lee, I'd like to know of all the venues that you've played at. If you had to choose a favorite, if you had to pick out one, which one do you think it would be, and and, and what makes it so special to you? Oh well, that's a good question. Um... I would say because I had, you know, it was the first venue that really kind of adopted me as someone they would always, you know, allow to book shows and stuff around here in Nashville. Um, Douglas Corner was a real staple here in Nashville for many decades. And, um, and it had to close. Oh, bummer. Not because of the pandemic, really, I think, but um, right before the pandemic, I think, is when it closed down. And uh, that was pretty upsetting to a lot of us because it was kind of our home place to play. It was just like a big open room with a bar in the back. And, you know, they just kept it open for the music and, you know, got kind of ran it on a shoestring pretty much. Um, oh, uh-huh. But uh, they had to close Douglas Corner. Well, I never got to go. I, I feel like I was missing out. I used to love to play there, and you would do some great. Uh, uh, they do have some great writers rounds there, um, all the time, and and you could set up your your shows when you released a record or something, and they were always great about that. Now I know another uh, another great venue down there for a lot of songwriting roundtable uh, performances is the Bluebird. Have you ever played the Bluebird? Oh yes, I've played the Bluebird a few times. Um, not in recent years though. It's funny. I think it's owned now by the Nashville uh, Songwriter Association International (NSAI). Oh, um, okay. I think that it's owned by the organization now um but it was uh run by this lady named amy a long time ago and she decided to start having uh you know writers rounds in this tiny teeny tiny little venue and it became like this staple of nashville i mean people everywhere know about the bluebird you know but yeah i used to play play it back in the day um they they used to have these kind of almost cattle call auditions for uh, songwriters, and you go and line up just sometimes blocks just to get in and play one song to see if they'd put you on again. <laughs> <laughs> you had the audition to play. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, but uh, you know it was one of those things, and so I got to play. Uh, a couple of times like some full sets there so well that's um, neat yeah, yeah so that was kind of an accomplishment at the time i guess <laughs> made um, it worth standing in line didn't it 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, I didn't like to stand in line for long though. And right, especially if it's a winter and it's snowing and all that fun stuff. That's that's, that's right. <laughs> that's never ideal. But do anything <laughs> now last time i was in nashville late last year i couldn't believe how much um broadway has has really developed i mean there's a ton of bars down there now and um <laughs> gosh yeah it's insane <laughs> and i'm guessing you've probably performed in at least a few of them haven't you uh i have sat in with some of the bands you sat in on some sessions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, you know, I never played down there regularly for tips or anything. <laughs> gotcha. Scene that was scene, but I, I used to go down there a lot and just kind of go up and sing with some bands and that kind of stuff. It used to be more fun than it is now because now it's just so crazy. crazy. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's still fun, you know, if you're in the right mindset. Or if you're a bachelorette, <laughs> true bachelorette capital of the world now, you know. Oh, I had not heard that. Oh, yeah. People like to have their bachelorette parties here for some reason. See, so you get your ladies night outs on Broadway. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, you, you were talking about singing for tips. I know that uh, that is a big thing now. In fact, uh, several times when I was down there last year, I heard, hey, you uh, come up here for $20. You, we'll sing anything you want. That's right. That's right. There's some, I was talking about my friend Troy, who's there being a human jukebox. There's a lot of those here in town, you know, some bands that can pull out anything and play it. Yeah. Nashville's oh, full of human jukeboxes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it I've never been like that. I wish I was more like that sometimes. But. You probably are more than you're giving yourself credit for, but... <laughs> But uh, anyway, Rachel, you've uh, you've released three CDs today. Most recently is um, "Beautiful Things." I heard you sing the uh, title track from that album at the uh, Songfest, by the way, and uh, really liked it. But uh, without without spoiling too too much, uh, explain what listeners can uh, expect in terms of "Beautiful Things" on the album, and uh, describe maybe how it differs most notably from. Uh, from your first two CDs? Oh, well, that's a good question. Um, I always, I kind of left out when we were talking about my influences, I left out big band music. Um, because I was a saxophone player originally, I really got into 40s swing and things like that and big, big band crooners and, and, um, that's how I learned to sing a lot too, was some of those old crooners. Um, That's why you've been compared to Diana Washington. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so some of the stuff that I started writing later on was a little more jazz influenced, you know, kind of, I've always had a little bit of a, you know, an R and B or, or kind of fusion edge to any country stuff I did and uh, singer-songwriter stuff I did. But this album especially has some of the more kind of old, like 40s, 50s, 60s pop influence in it. I would awesome. Say. So if you're a fan of the big band music, you're going to enjoy that Beautiful Things album. 
I don't, I didn't say that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> yes, indeed. Something so. like that, but yeah. And so I, I really appreciated when you told me when you heard Beautiful Things Live that you had enjoyed that because uh, um, that's a lot of the kind of stuff that I'm enjoying playing now. So. Yeah, so that that's that's what you've uh, grown attached to playing here of late. I'm guessing your your you know your first CDs, which I, I haven't heard yet, but I need to. I'm guessing they're probably you know uh, still good music, but different from you know maybe not so yeah, so I'm much influenced by the big bands. Right, right. My my first CD is pretty much kind of country pop flavored, and a lot of that was from the. Um, the great musicians that I had play on that first album. I mean, I had um, Phil Kinsey played some horns on that album and Phil played the solo to, um, do you remember the song year of the cat by Al Stewart year of the cat? Oh yes. I have heard that song. He played the famous horn solo in year of the cat. And he used to play with um, Stuart. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. <laughs> Too many Stewarts. It's like, oh, all the Stewarts. I can't be bothered. There's years old, Sam. I can't be bothered with Oh, me. gosh. That's great stuff, though. We'll have to check out uh, your albums, especially your most recent one, Beautiful Things. Now, where can we get our hands on that album, Rachel? Well, right now it's only available on the bandcamp.com uh website okay i'm thinking about re-releasing it um and putting it on itunes and such oh that'd be great we got a lot of you can find my other two albums on itunes and spotify and that kind of stuff but um i just did kind of a soft release several years ago of beautiful things and then didn't do much with it at the time so I'm thinking about just re-releasing that so it'll be on iTunes for people to find. Well, I know that uh, everybody would love it. You can find her first two albums, you know, there already on iTunes and Spotify and for uh, beautiful things. Until, I say until it is re-released, you can find it on the Bandcamp site. And let's see, that's uh, rachelowen.bandcamp.com. Is that it? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll verify that. I'll make sure I'll link our listeners to it in the show yeah. notes, Rachel. Go to band camp and find that. And then my, my album in the middle, I recommend that cause I co-produced that with my friend Gordon Vincent, who is an incredible rocker, guitarist, songwriter. He's amazing. And, uh, Gordon helped me produce that album. It's pretty special to me. It's called bombshell. Yeah, see, I tell you, anytime you can produce an album, that's always, <laughs> yeah, that's that's always to be commended. So we'll definitely have to check out Bombshell. That is her second album. I read what your first album was called. Drawing a, I'm drawing a blank. It's called Steering with My Feet. Steering with My Feet. Yes. There we go. So, <laughs> so we'll definitely have to, you know, if we want to work our way to the present, we can start by steering with our feet and work our way forward <laughs> to, right. to the bombshell and then uh, beautiful things. Little Rachel disco. 
discography. Yes, indeed. Rachel discography, free of charge, didn't cost our listeners one pretty penny. So (laughs) (laughs) go. They're all they're all unique in their own way. So certainly check them out. Now, what are Rachel Owen's upcoming plans? Maybe some performance dates on the docket where we can go see you. You know what? I don't have anything planned right now, Sam. You're going to be playing on your porch. I'm going to be playing on my back deck with my dogs. There you go. I have, uh, there are a couple of young friends in town that invite me to come play sometimes. So, uh, yeah, if you follow me maybe on Facebook at Rachel Owen Music, you might see if something pops up. There you uh, go. Or if you're, you know, if you're ever in the, uh, the, if you're ever in the North Nashville ballpark and and you hear music in the distance, follow the sound. Yeah, just follow the sound because you very well may be hearing Rachel Owen. That's right. (laughs) But anyway, we know the, uh, the dogs will appreciate the music for sure. So keep tabs on Rachel. I know this podcast is going to put me back on the map, man. There we go. I'm telling. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get Rachel. You know, Nashville's best kept secret ain't gonna be a secret no more after this that's podcast. That's right. That is correct. <laughs> we're I'm gonna have to we, see. We should have booked a gig in Henderson, and then we could have promoted my gig in Henderson. Well. The- <laughs> This is true. I, I would have been glad to help you promote that, but I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that last year was not the last time you will be at Sandy Lee Songfest. That is probably true. I, I, I really sincerely enjoy my time at Sandy Lee every time. It is a really well put together um, festival. It is. I really appreciate that. And uh, I think Susie. Susie Watkins and and her band of friends have done an incredible job with that. Yeah, it's it's been going on for over a decade now and still still going strong. So next time you folks see uh, Rachel Owen's name on the docket in one of the round robins at the, the Songwriters Festival, make sure that you snag your tickets and <laughs> get a listen to all the beautiful things in her repertoire. Like how I tied that in there? That's amazing, yes. <laughs> Well, I don't know about amazing. <laughs> I, I do what little I can. But anyway, last question before we hear your beautiful things. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'd like to know, just out of curiosity, if if you weren't a singer-songwriter, Rachel, uh, what do you think you'd be and why? Well, I am actually a professional realtor. Oh, yes, you told me that off air. Yes, you do sell houses. So I sell houses and help people buy houses, and I really enjoy that because of the people aspect, especially. Um, Besides that, yeah. uh, I know you studied communications and advertising at U of E. I I went into that thinking that I would be a, a... rich advertising exec at some point and then throughout college I kind of became disillusioned with wanting to do that and got more into my music actually at that point the music bug bit hard I the music bug bit me yeah and so I made my way to Nashville and you know I did have some hits and misses here but uh uh I wouldn't take back 
any way that it went and it was it's been a lot of fun and I've met a lot of amazing people doing what I do and I still like to go out and do it sometimes just not all the time anymore um but I'm still gonna keep making music till I die there you go it's in your blood now isn't it that's right you can't (laughs) you can't get away from it now can't get away from it and like you said look at all the uh, every time I take a break Sam somebody like you comes into my life and pulls me back in a little bit so really appreciate you asking me to do your show and and it's been a lot of fun well i'm glad you were ready to come out of of hibernation if you will for my podcast that's exactly what it is (laughs) oh gosh i'm glad you thought i was worth it because you've been a a pleasure to talk to and and i i told i told rachel folks that at the end when we finally got done with with all of our uh our chatter that she could pick whatever two songs she wanted to play so uh we're, we're all on pins and needles rachel to find out what your what your two selections are gonna be so we'll uh, let let's start out with with number one i guess you can decide what your second one's gonna be after you play the, the first make it really spontaneous that's true spontaneity is the name <laughs> of the game but anyway what uh, what would you like to start out with madam well, why don't I start out with beautiful things? Since oh, look at you! Since I, <laughs> and since I'm quite partial to it from having heard it at Songfest. Yes, that's exactly right. With her song "Beautiful Things," here she is, the lovely Rachel Owen. I don't wanna be your preacher. I don't wanna be your fool. As long as I can be what you need me to be, I'd be cool with that. I'm never gonna be a diamond, I'm more like a rolling stone, you see. You're never ever gonna find one wearing me, cause I'm free. But when I first met you, you looked in deep. By the light that colors your hair, and it made me wanna stare into your soul. And I fell for you there in the glow. What beautiful things! What beautiful things! things what beautiful things 
Love it. Rachel Owen, <laughs> beautiful yeah. things is uh, a beautiful thing. And like we said, that is uh, the title track from uh, her most recent album. So you can find that on there along with uh, another, uh, you know, what, eight or nine tunes similar to it in nature. <laughs> Yes, fairly similar. I always go a little, you know, I off course, you know, I think I'm gonna do like a whole crooning album. And then I have like a crazy R&B number thrown in there. And oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah. variety is the spice of life. That's right. I cannot help myself. Yeah. At all. <laughs> you know, you've got to, you know, sort of spread your business around the, all the different styles and and uh, types of music. So <laughs> beautiful things. I tell you, you set the bar pretty high on that first one. That's going to be hard to top. But what might you want to do for round two there, Rachel? Let's see, round two, why don't I do something completely different? I think I'm, I mentioned uh, one of my very favorite co-writers is Chuck Ehrman. Oh, yeah, who's now in New Jersey. Yeah, now he's in New Jersey, uh, hanging out and playing some gigs up there. And uh, Chuck, also, um, I don't think I've mentioned that he co-produced my first album, my very first album. And so he's been a cheerleader of mine for a while and vice versa. And uh, I thought I'd do a song that, excuse me, a, a little song that Chuck and I uh, worked on together and it kind of also pulls in some of my early history because, you know, I always used to like singing some old mountain songs. And you know how all those old mountain songs are about killing the person you love and that kind of shit? You know? Right. Yeah, they tend to have get back lyrics. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. And so um, I, I kind of wanted to do something weird and spooky with the modern twist. And so this is what we came up with. Oh, this is a collaboration between her and Chuck. That's right. <laughs> Rachel Owen, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Becky Dear. Becky Dear. I recorded this song, so this this will be on my next album, I guess. Oh, cool. And <laughs> blabbing in the bluegrass listeners get a sneak That's preview right. of it. <laughs> That's right. All right. Great. found his cell was empty he was working on a good head start with the help of a borrowed dodge and a stolen gun there's no rest for the wicked no mercy for a man gone wrong and the only way to catch a break is to break and run becky dear i'm coming home to you like I always promised you that I would do I know you're waiting for me to lie with you As the sun rises on your meadow Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah When a man is solid lonely woman haunts his mind and finds a way to penetrate those walls and you can hear his lone voice begging to no one down the line till he finally had to answer becky's call and becky dear 
coming home to you like I always promised you that I would do. I know you're waiting for me to lie with you as the sun rises on your When he finally reached that meadow lit by the setting sun, he prayed he'd be forgiven, Lord, for what he'd done. And he pulled that cold, cold trigger, his blood seat in the ground, and his soulless body lay just where he shot his Becky down. And Becky, dear, I'm coming home to you. Like I always promised you that I would do And I know you're waiting for me to lie with you As the sun rises on your meadow As the sun rises on your meadow As the sun rises on There we go! Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> quite a quite a three error, and maybe not a three sixty. That'd be we'd be right back where we started from. That's a one eighty from Beautiful Things. That's good. You did learn something in school, Sam. A little something, yes. <laughs> so, that's a one eighty, and, and I tell you, but it's a good one eighty. You know, we get the upbeat with the little spooky dark tones to it. <laughs> that's right. I like As it well. Dark. I like it dark, Sam. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, nothing, nothing wrong with a little dark tone every once in a while. But uh, there we go, Becky Deer, beautiful things, perfect selections from uh, our friend Miss Rachel Owen, and uh, we sure appreciate her coming on today. Make sure that you folks follow her at. Uh, Rachel Owen Music on Facebook. And, you know, the last time I had a realtor on here, uh, yeah. Rachel, I, I allowed her to give a, a free plug and, you know, give her contact info in case anybody living in her area wanted assistance finding a home. So would you like to give out your contact information for all of our Nashville area yeah. listeners that might need such assistance? If anyone would like to invest in some property or have a second home down here in Nashville, that's listening there in Kentucky now, give me a call at 615-668-6395, and I can perhaps help you with that. Well, I love how you switched into your radio voice just seamlessly almost. Okay. <laughs> that was good stuff. So put that number in your phone. If you live in Nashville, know somebody who is that might uh, be interested in other living arrangements contact Rachel and uh I like what be, I do we'll have we'll have us some fun yeah exactly you'll, you'll not only get a new home or or sell your home if that's what you're looking to do but you're going to have a blast in the process you might even sing to you that's right <laughs> you can kill multiple birds with with one stone well <laughs> Rachel I've had a blast I hope you have I have indeed. It's really been nice speaking with you today, Sam, and I really appreciate you having me on.
Well, <laughs> it's been my pleasure, and uh, we'll hopefully see you back here again uh, next year, if not real soon, at uh, Henderson's very own Sandy Lee Walking Songwriters Festival. Rachel Owen, you rock. Thank you. So do you, Sam. Boy, you gotta love her. What a bundle of joy Rachel Owen is. Now, make sure you get your hands on her third and most recent album, Beautiful Things, and I shouldn't have to twist your arm very hard at all after having just heard the title cut from that album on the show a few minutes ago. And again, you can just go to the Bandcamp website, which I am linking you to in my show notes. So for it to be any easier, I would have to do it for you. Just click on that link via the show notes, purchase the album, and you can also use that Bandcamp site to uh, stay up to date with anything and everything going on in the world of Rachel Owen. Another way you can keep track of her is through her Rachel Owen Music Facebook page. So, you know, plenty of opportunity for you to keep tabs on Rachel, and she's got big things to come. I just feel it. Despite all that she has already accomplished, she ain't done yet. So, make sure you remember the name Rachel Owen, and make sure that you follow her via the platforms we just mentioned. I value the time that Rachel took to join me for the show, and I will tell you that there are plenty of other great songwriters from this great state, as you well know. Some of them are still here. Some of them, like Rachel, have made their way to the Music City, and others are scattered about in various locations across the country, maybe even beyond. So... I don't know about all those people, gang. I know about a fair number, but uh, not all of them. And that's where you come in. I'm counting on your help via email. Bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Whether it's a restaurant, state park, Kentucky musician like Rachel Owen, maybe a Kentucky teacher, a healthcare professional, I have been known to spotlight each of those, you know, each of those subject areas and people. So, you know, as long as your person or topic has a significant connection to Kentucky, that is my most important criteria for consideration for a future show feature. So don't be shy about sending me an email. I love interacting with my listeners, and I'm also accessible via the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page, which you need to like and follow because all of the shows I have done to this point, they are all right there. If you got a lot of catching up to do, fear not. They're in one convenient location right there at your fingertips, or if there were any that you just love so much you want to go back and relive, please, by all means, feel free to do so. And uh, you can also stay up to speed with future plans through teasers that I put out for the show about every once a week, something like that. And uh, you can make comments, leave messages. I love hearing from you there as well. Now, October the 19th, that is next Wednesday, and we want you here because believe you me when I tell you that you are the glue that keeps this show afloat. You may not believe me, but it is a cold, hard fact. It won't be the same without you, so make sure... You're here with me next week, and before we bid you farewell for this week, we have one final order of business. It is an important one, though. We need to bring to you the answer 
of the Bluegrass Brain Buster. Now, this is a UK-themed Brain Buster. I know we need to uh, cater to our U of L fans and our Western fans. Western, of course, my alma mater. Murray State, we're blessed with a lot of solid basketball schools throughout the Commonwealth. So, uh, you know, we definitely need to cater to the masses in that regard. But we got a UK-themed question this time around, and I wanted to know, when was Adolph Rupp's last NCAA basketball title, and who was it that Coach Rupp defeated? The year was 1958. That is the year my mama was born. It actually happened about a month before she was born when Kentucky won all the marbles. 1958 was Coach Adolph Rupp's last NCAA basketball title. Now, Rupp held on at Kentucky until, I believe, 72 when he retired. But 1958 was his last title. And who did Kentucky defeat? Seattle University. Yep, the Chieftains, I believe is how it's pronounced. C-H-I-E-F-T-A-I-N-S. The Seattle Chieftains. That was Kentucky's opponent, and Kentucky scored an 84-72 victory to claim the title in March of 58. Kentucky erased an 11-point deficit earlier in that game, and of course that's nothing in today's world. But back then, you know, they didn't have a three-point shot so it was a little harder, and a Kentucky came all the way back. Actually, one by 12, like we told you, 84 to 72 over Seattle. And where was this game played? Freedom Hall in Louisville. I didn't realize Freedom Hall was quite that old. I knew it was historic. I didn't know it was around in 1958. But that's where the national title game was played on March 22nd, 1958. Actually, it was about, uh, you know, more like a couple weeks before my mom was born. But nonetheless, Freedom Hall in Louisville was the site. Adolph Rupp claimed his last title as Kentucky's coach, last title as a coach, period, with his 84-72 to victory over the Seattle Chieftains. So, come on back next week. We'll have another Bluegrass Brain Buster ready for you. And remember to listen and subscribe to the show without one thin dime via various podcast directories, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal. We've been telling you about those for a while, and we have recently added Boomplay, iHeartRadio, and uh, Amazon Music, a few others even. So check them out. If we are not a part of your favorite podcast directory, let me know about that as well via email, and I'll do my best to get us there sooner than later. But until we meet again right back here next week, you know what you gotta do. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep laughing laughing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.